decided on me, there will be consequences. Hey, if somebody warned the Kettlemans, it was probably somebody who was worried about those kids. You know how much trouble you caused me? Hey, you didn't need any help getting caught, okay? The neighbor ID'd you. You were sloppy. Any trouble you might have, that's on you. Not to mention the blood in your van. Here's a thought. Ajax, Formula 409. You have no idea the tap dance I had to give those cops to get you out of here. You gave them probable cause out the wazoo. Now, whoever somebody is who may have warned the Kettleman's got them out of there before you did anything even more stupid. You should be thanking this good Samaritan because whoever he is, he did you a favor. You drink one, drink two, drink three Long Island iced teas But your buddy's worse off and he throws you his car keys Blue lights are blinking four o'clock in the morning. St. Trooper makes you wish that you'd never been born. Better call Saul, better call Saul. You want to tell the world you're in love with a girl named Fran? So you find an overpass and you say it with a spray paint can. Blue lights start a blinking, those handcuffs click. You know who to call and you better call quick. Saul, Saul, you better call Saul. You'll fight for your rights when your back's to the wall. Stick it to the man, justice for all. You better go Saul. It's time to Better Talk Saul, Cinema Geekly's Better Call Saul podcast. Anthony Lewis here with Glenn, and uh, we are here talking season one, episode four, called Hero, sir. And uh, Better Call Saul is continuing its trend towards great episodes, and also its downward trend towards less viewership as this is the lowest rated show of the season uh which blows for them but uh we were talking about this before we started recording you said this is something they were kind of expecting no yeah i mean bob Kirk said it and i've read it elsewhere that they were expecting the viewership to kind of dip down and then maybe not so much as this season comes along but much like we're breaking bad picked up once it became on netflix so after the first two seasons that's when its viewership, not necessarily double, but you know, went up 20, 30 percent because they got to see it, you know, the binge watch and then get caught up. Uh, and that's kind of how they, they planned this show to happen is it'll go on Netflix, some Breaking Bad fans will be like, okay, fine, I'll give it a shot. And they'll watch it, like, okay, I'll watch another episode. And then hopefully by the third or fourth episode, they'll be hooked. Yeah. Um, or the people who keep watching it while the other ones are like, ah, just, it's not the same thing. They ducked out. And then the ones who kept watching be like, no, you, you need to watch it. Because I'm telling you, it gets really good towards the end of the season. It becomes the Breaking Bad that you love. And that's right. that's the idea they had behind it. They they knew they weren't going to make everybody happy, uh, which I don't know why. I mean, that, the show's great. And, you know, Vince Gilligan is one hell of a writer. So. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about the episode here. Uh, it begins with a flashback. And uh, unlike some other show with flashbacks in it, these flashbacks tend to actually signify something. Usually the flashbacks are signifying poor behavior on Jimmy McGill's part in the past, which he is now beginning to once again exhibit in the present, all kind of leading him towards uh, becoming the Saul that we know and love. In fact, the name is actually dropped 
in this uh, this flashback. So it starts with Jimmy and this. Uh, he's with some other guy, presumably somebody he met in a bar, and they are wasted, and they are just stumbling around. And he's like, hey, never caught your name. And Jimmy says, uh, Saul. And he's like, Saul, huh? He's like, Saul, good man. You know what I mean? Uh, And the guy kind of looks at him like, you are drunker than I am. Uh, But they they continue to kind of just jabber along as they're stumbling here when they come across a wallet. And when they look at the wallet, it is uh, not so far out of eye line that they see a pair of feet. Uh, that seem to be matching the wallet. Wallet has like a whole bunch of money in it. I want to say maybe fifteen hundred bucks, something like that. There's quite a bit of money in there, like a thousand dollars, something along those lines. And uh, they see a man who is uh, laid out on the floor, and they think maybe he is dead at first. But upon a poking and a prodding, determine that uh, perhaps he was mugged or knocked out, or perhaps he himself had had too much to drink or something along those lines. And he appears to be mumbling in his incoherence. And uh, he certainly likes to call people butthole an awful lot. Glenn, (laughs) he mentions, uh, I believe the phrases he mentions most are, are butthole and roundhouse kick, (laughs) (laughs) which is an awesome drunken rambling. Uh, And Jimmy takes off the man's watch and he can't tell what it is. The other guy takes a look at it and he's like, dude, this is a Rolex. Uh, and of course, a Rolex are really super fucking expensive watches that at the very least could lead to at least $3,000. So the guy trades uh, Jimmy the watch for the money and uh, then gives him some extra cash on top of everything he had in his wallet. It was like another 500 or $600 and takes off and he's like, all right, see you, sucker. And he kind of runs away from, from Jimmy. And uh, then the previously unconscious big man gets up. Uh, in a very menacing manner behind Jimmy. And it is revealed quickly thereafter that they were working together. The watch is a fake. Uh, the money was a lure. And Jimmy just scammed this guy for five or $600 of his own money. Uh, but it's only good for beer money. Yeah, at this point, it is essentially only really good for beer money. Uh, as they score some booze. Uh, in the present day, we are back at the scene with... Uh, Jimmy McGill and uh, the Kettleman's Betsy und Craig, and uh, basically they're they're offering him a bribe, right, to not reveal that they stole the the one point five million dollars. Uh, Jimmy does not want their bribe, though. He says, "Hey, how about you just make me your lawyer? Because uh, that'll work." And uh, Betsy tries to let him down easy here, but she basically says, "Look." you're the kind of lawyer people hire when they're guilty. <laughs> like nobody, no innocent person would, would hire you. Um, so, uh, the next day, uh, Jimmy meets Mike back at the courthouse. Thanks him for, uh, essentially assisting him in, uh, in finding the Kettleman's. Um, there's a, there's a scene with, uh, with Jimmy and Nacho, uh, basically Nacho knows that Jimmy has warned them, uh, and says that he's going to be facing consequences, but Jimmy's trying to defend himself, uh, saying that, look, uh, you know, whoever, whoever warned these people was warning them, you know, probably for the, for the, for the children. Uh, and, uh, that he basically had saved Nacho's ass because the, the police had a ton of incriminating evidence against him and, 
a lot of reasonable doubt. Even though they did not have any direct evidence, he certainly wasn't helping himself out. And thanks to Jimmy, Nacho gets to gets to go free, essentially. Uh, back at his place, uh, at the salon, uh, uh, it is revealed that Jimmy did, in fact, take the Kettleman's bribe, since they weren't going to hire him uh, for the, uh, the whole lawyering deal. So, uh, basically... Uh, he determines that he'd be able to pay off of his pay off his uh, his fees and all that sort of stuff for the bribe money, um, but he can spend the rest on a makeover in which he gets a fabulous makeover and buys this really expensive suit, and uses the money to to buy a billboard advertisement. But uh, he basically rips off the Hamlin Hamlin McGill logo and and Chuck Hamlin's look and everything for this. He's completely ripping him off. There's absolutely no getting around it. Uh, and I... Do they ever really reveal why he did I'm I'm guessing he did it just to get back at him, because I th- he would have had to have known there was no way he could actually get away with it, right? So uh, his friend Kim confronts him over the, the imitation, and uh, Hamlin brings, him, uh, brings Jimmy to court over trademark infringement, and then he's ordered to uh to remove the the uh, the advertisement so basically he tries to i i guess he he's calling like a bunch of news agencies and things like that because uh, you know people are really interested in the uh the underdog lawyer who clearly was infringing on trademark basically he's trying to get his story out. he he's trying to gin up any kind of talk he possibly can about his business. Um, eventually, I think he calls like, I want to say he calls like a community college, I think is what he ends up doing or something like that. And get some kids that are just learning video production out at the site of his, uh, uh, out at the site of his, uh, his billboard. And he is trying to put together this, this video calling uh, basically for, people to, to examine his situation and get, I, I, I guess, public opinion on his side. Uh, and in the background, there is a dude who is pulling down the, uh, the billboard. And as he is doing this, he slips and falls, and the only thing holding him up is, you know, the safety harnesses and stuff. And Jimmy springs into action. He's like, holy shit, somebody call 911. And he climbs this, he scales this man's truck and climbs this ladder all the way up to the billboard and uh, with all of the strength he can muster in his body, pulls this man to safety, at which point it is then revealed that those two were working together, just like at the, at the beginning of the, uh, the flashback. This was all a big stunt. And uh, it worked glamorously, Glenn. He made the front page. It was, uh, it was a hero, a hero lawyer. And... Uh, he re- he started receiving a whole bunch of of new calls. We checked his answering machine. I think he had seven or eight, mm-hmm. uh, something like that, messages, and he was picking up new clients. Uh, so Jimmy visits older brother Chuck, uh, but hides the local newspaper, um, presumably because I guess Chuck would have never in a million years thought that Jimmy would actually help somebody in this situation and would have immediately <laughs> seen through it. Is my guess. Um, so he lies to Chuck and tells him about how he's just been working hard and he's found this new success. So Chuck congratulates him on it. Uh, 
And uh, even though, uh, so Jimmy leaves and, because uh, Chuck tells him that the newspaper disappeared. Like he checked on the front lawn, but it was not there. And uh, Chuck, however, looked out his window and noticed that everybody else's paper was there. His was the only one that was missing. And he thought something was up. So he uh, basically, he, he puts on his space, his space blanket and runs outside and is, uh, is apparently having a lot of difficulty with all of the, the radio waves and things like that. I really should read into more of this, uh, this presumed ailment of his to see if it's a real thing or see if it's something that's, that's in his head or something. But he, he grabs a neighbor's copy and drops them a $5 bill under a rock to pay for the paper and then runs back into the house and sees the, the stunt in the newspaper uh, and I believe that is where the episode ends. Uh, so, Glenn, I'm going to go look up more about this uh, this ailment that his brother Chuck has. And why don't you tell me what you thought of uh, episode four, Hero? No, oh, I like this episode. We got to see, you know, the early beginnings of, of uh, Saul Goodman and basically his ideology. And it just it's funny because whenever he goes into the billboard, my first thought was like, Whenever the, they're gonna have to take it down, someone's gonna be in. Someone's gonna fall, or he's gonna try and make it to where he's gonna look like a hero. And as soon as that guy, you know, they cut and they show that guy tearing down his sign. Yes, I just like no. He's just biding time before that guy falls because this is exactly what's gonna happen. He goes up there and he pulls him up, and they just kind of give each other a nice little high five, and uh, <laughs> and that that's it. I love the scenes with just like him and the, this living in the nail salon are just, it's just really funny to me mm-hmm. uh, because of, you know, you saw him go to this, you know, a couple of times in, in the in Breaking Bad and just now you just kind of know how important it is and it just, you just appreciate it that much more. And just the tenacity this guy has of, you know, he's not, yes, he is trying to make it look like a David Goliath and he, the, the man's holding him down, but he's doing it for, you know, the not, ooh, sorry, not the uh, most pure intentions. So it's just kind of fascinating to me. I know I really did. I really, really enjoyed this episode. The, uh, I should note that we, we did talk about Chuck McGill's thing before the electromagnetic hypersensitivity. Um, apparently it is incredibly rare. It is not a, it is not a very common thing at all. Um, the, uh, the article that I'm reading about it says, all of the thermal effects of electromagnetic fields on the body are established. Those who are self-described with the hypersensitivity report responding to non-ionizing electromagnetic fields at intensities well below the maximum levels permitted by the international radiation safety standards. Uh, and by the way, people with this, uh, the symptoms they they can have include headache, fatigue, stress, sleep disturbance, skin symptoms like prickling, burning sensations, and rashes, pain and ache in muscles, and many other health problems. Uh, whatever the cause, I guess nobody knows what causes it, but the symptoms are real, and sometimes they completely uh, can disable. They can be a disabling problem for an affected person. Uh, and there is currently no scientific basis that links. Uh, the hypersensitivity symptoms to actual exposure to electromagnetic fields. Um, so it's like a really rare thing that I guess people do not understand 
all that well. What a really peculiar choice for an ailment, right? Like I did not, I, I didn't even know it was a thing until they mentioned it in this episode. Have you ever like even heard of this before the sh- this show occurred? No, I haven't. I I really just thought it was like maybe it's some kind of cancer thing because of yeah, like his a, freaking out about the like cell phones. Yeah, yeah. That I don't know, but yeah, I guess we'll see. But the only, the reason why I knew it wasn't a mental thing was whenever he starts ah like his arm and stuff starts hurting. Mm-hmm. Like how would he know he would have had it on him? Like he didn't see him, you know. Walk that is in true. That yeah. was. And I was like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever witnessed. True. Uh, uh, yeah, so the episode. Uh, I, I like the flashback thing. I, I, I like the uh, the publicity stunt scene was, I, I think, the best scene in the episode. Uh, that, that, was all, that was all great. Boy, I mean, that is... Like, why does he think Chuck would have not believed him? Like, that's an awfully elaborate thing to say. That, that was, like, way more elaborate. Way more elaborate than the 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 mugging victim in the alley in the flashback, like this was just leaps and bounds more elaborate than than the other thing. Like, why why did he think Chuck would not believe him that this is that this is what happened? I mean, maybe he just knows him too well. Uh, but it does kind of seem like a thing. Like for a minute, I completely forgot about the uh, the flashback and. It just seemed like he was thrust into the situation, and then it like came together for me after he had you know helped the guy out or whatever uh, that they were working together, and then all the pieces kind of together. But it was quite risky. Like he went up there without any safety gear or safety harness. He could he could have just as easily fallen off of that thing or something along those lines as well. It was certainly very like uh, elaborate. So I, I don't know why exactly he thinks Chuck would not have believed him, but. Uh, I, I think any other right-thinking person, for the most part, would have believed him. I don't know. Uh, this was kind of a weird episode, though. Like, I, I don't think they ever really explained why he spent all of that money to do the obvious trademark infringement. I mean, maybe he, you know, I mean, maybe that's how he does his rebuttals, sir. He was, he, he if you're going to be a dick, go the full nine yards, I guess, to piss this guy off, because he spent a lot of money to do it. Uh and I guess at the end of the day, that was his his aim. He knew this wasn't going to work. Uh, he did it to piss off the Hamlin people. He knew he'd be ordered to take it down, and he'd use that to set up the publicity stunt to get more eyes on himself. Um, I, I guess in some ways it's it's kind of genius, is it not, Glenn? Because he would have uh, he spent a lot of money on that billboard, but there's no way that that billboard was going to generate. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of new customers that wouldn't, that was not going to get nearly enough eyes on it as say getting on the front page of the paper and being on TV, uh, and, and things like that. Uh, so, uh, at the end of the day, pretty smart move for the most part. I don't know. What did you think, uh, score wise for this episode? Yeah, I would say like, uh, mm, oh God, I don't want to do it, but you're struggling, aren't you? <laughs> I I don't want to say four and a half, but I want to. Oh, really? I thought you were. I didn't think you were going to be going higher. No, no. I mean, I did. It just the 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 stuff he did just to piss off that lawyer were just they were just too good. I mean, he spent so much money, <laughs> and he had it down to like the types of <laughs> buttons and the cloth. <laughs> yeah. 
and the yeah, I've, striping. Uh, screw it. I'll say four and a half. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what. I was kind of in the opposite. Uh, I, I was struggling to give this higher than a three and a half. Um, but ultimately, I think I'm going to give it a four. But uh, it's not like this was a you know, a, a bad episode, but it certainly wasn't uh, as good as the last couple. Um, and I, I think, I think what, what makes it at the very least a, a four geeky glasses episode for me is just the, uh, the, the brilliance of his plan to get more eyes on him because the publicity stunt, the, the thing with the billboard, that was not all the publicity, everything from buying the suit and getting his hair styled like that guy he looks so ridiculous on that billboard, by the way. Um, you know, all of that stuff was, uh, you know, that was, it was just awesome. And he did go to some pretty extreme lengths just to be an asshole to that guy who rightly probably deserves to be treated that way. Cause he is, he is quite the dick, but, um, yeah, all in all, it was a pretty good episode. The, um, I, I'm I'm curious to to see where we where we are are headed next. Like the, uh, um, I don't think they have so many episodes out in front. I wonder I wonder if they're going to be taking a break as well. Do we know if they're taking a break? I don't think they are. I think they're doing twelve straight through. Okay. Or eleven. It's like I think they're doing eleven. I don't think they're taking a break. Um. So what did you end up going with? Did you end up giving them a four and a half? Yeah, I'll give it a four and a half. Okay. Um, yeah, like I said, it's a it's a pretty sturdy four for me. Like I I, I, I thought I I thought I wasn't enjoying it as much. Um, there wasn't as much Mike. I need more Mike. Perhaps yeah, more Mike, Mike needs he needs the getting Mike, gear. Yeah, Mike needs like a mon- one monologue per show at least. He's got to have he's got to have at least one scene, uh, something along those lines. Um, all right. So, uh, Glenn and I are going to be back next week talking more Better Call Saul with uh, season one, episode five called Alpine Shepherd Boy. You better call Saul. You best call now.